0: You're listening to Life After Sight Loss Radio, episode number 75, and today we're talking about how the simple act of walking can be affected by sight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast helping you discover life, After Sight Loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. Hey, if you're new around here, well, welcome aboard. This is the place where we do product reviews, we talk life advice, encouragement, relationships, emotional support, technology, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are going through or facing physical sight loss. Hey there, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today for episode number 75. That's right. We are three-fourths of the way to 175 is a big milestone so I'm glad that you're here with me. And if this is your 75th time or your first time, I'm glad that you're joining me for today's podcast. If my voice sounds a little deeper, a little bit more busy this morning, that's because I'm getting up earlier in the morning to record this. I don't know why, I just felt like doing it, so hey, here we are. But anyway, I'm glad that you're here. Today we're talking about how walking, yeah, just walking, you know, step, step, one foot in front of the other walking can be affected by sight loss. And I think that's one of those things we don't even think about, but there's lots of different ways it's affected, so we're gonna go through them today, talk about how it's affected, and how you can deal with that. Before I jump into everything, as always, you can find today's show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 075. Show notes includes links, information, conversation, ways to subscribe and stay connected, so make sure you hop on over to check out those show notes if you have any questions at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 075. It's something that we start doing when we're about a year old, and once we learn it, once we master it, we don't even think about it again, right? We just walk. We get up. We start walking. We, you know, walk downtown. We walk from our car to the office. We... Um, get up and walk to the refrigerator, we take a walk for exercise, whatever it is. Walking just one of those things that we naturally do and we don't even think about. However, when you experience sight loss, it can affect that ability to walk. Now you might still be able to walk. I did have somebody ask me one time, Well, can you still walk? I was like, What what do you mean? No, it, it affects my eyes, not <laughs> not my ability to walk. I don't know, that was early on. But anyway, you know, it you still can walk, but it does affect how you walk. And so I thought, you know what? Why don't we just take a few minutes to talk about that? Because if you recently lost your sight, you may have noticed some of these things. And I thought, well, I'm just going to give you uh, some of the ways it's affected. Now, let me go ahead and give you a disclaimer. I'm going to talk about orientation and mobility and such in today's podcast. I am not an O and M instructor. I am not a professional in that regard. And so some of these things are just coming from my own personal experience. Some of them are coming from things I've learned in O and M. But I am not unknown and professional so as i always say at the end of the podcast and everywhere as much as i can please seek out professional help in your area if you need future and further help with any of these things and that's the disclaimer out of the way so let's go ahead and jump into some of the ways that simple act of walking can be affected after sight loss The first way your walking can be affected is your balance. Balance can really be affected uh, when you have sight loss. You know, you're standing in one place and all of a sudden you're leaning one way or the other and you don't even realize it because your balance can be affected. Sometimes your depth perception is thrown off and you can't find that central focus point to really give you a sense of balance and it just gets all thrown off. It's all kind of wonky and you're kind of like, oh, am I standing still? Am I leaning? You know, and (laughs) if you've ever, experience that moment where you're standing and all of a sudden you tilt to the side and you're like whoa what what's did i just lose my balance you're not dizzy necessarily it's just that whenever you're sighted you tend to focus on something without even realizing it to give you that sense of balance and whenever you don't have that sometimes your balance can be affected so it's just something to keep in mind as you're walking as you're going along your balance might be a little thrown off so sometimes you can you know stay with somebody and maybe hold their arm something like that uh, you can find a way to kind of keep your sense of balance, but at the very least, just be aware that your balance can be affected when you're walking after sight loss. Secondly, and right in line with your balance, is the ability to remain at a straight line, okay? Many times I've been walking along with, let's say, my wife, and I'll take a few steps, and all of a sudden I'm sort of running into her. And then a few more steps, and I'm three or four feet away from her, because I can't keep on a straight line. It's, it's really difficult for me, because again, that whole balance thing, and then being able to focus on something, and it's very difficult to keep that straight line. You know, if we're out in the middle of a big open area, let's say like a parking lot, that doesn't have a lot of cars in it because if you were um, you know, walking with cars, you can probably keep that a straight line. But if you're just out in a big field or a, just an area where there's not a lot of straight lines, it's hard to remain straight because again, you can't have that focal point to keep you at a straight line. So again, this is kind of one of those things where you find straight lines and try to walk along them if at all possible. Maybe you walk along a grass line on a sidewalk and try to stay close to it. You, know, you remain with the sighted person you're with, that sort of thing. Um, you know guide dogs help with this a lot of times remaining straight they'll keep you on a straight line things like that but it's just important to be aware because so often you'll end up bumping into your friend and like what are you doing it's like i'm trying I'm i'm really trying to stay straight it's just really hard because we don't have that focal point so be aware that remaining straight can be one of those challenges after sight loss The third thing is pretty obvious, but it's the ability to avoid obstacles. Now, when you're walking and you're sighted, and avoiding an obstacle isn't even an issue because your brain computes it all in real time, and you don't even have to necessarily... Come up with a big game plan to avoid this obstacle, right? If you're sighted and you're walking along and there's a trash can in the way, let's say you're walking along an area and there's trash cans all along the way. Well, your brain automatically sees that trash can, computes what to do. It moves your body, you know, around it, let's say to the left, around it, and then back around if that's what you need to do. And you could be having a conversation with a friend like, hey, how's it going? And then boom, you're just moving around the trash can. You don't even think about it because your brain's computing. When you're visually impaired, now you may have to come up upon the trash can to realize that it's there. One, you might have to run into it. You know, that might be bad. But if you got a mobility tool, you might have to bump into it. You might have to find it with, let's say, a cane, something like that. You might have to have the guide dog take you around it. But no longer is it as simple as just computing it, walking around it, and moving on. Avoiding those obstacles can be a lot more challenging, and it can slow you down, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. But it's not as simple as just moving around it. So it's something to keep in mind. Avoiding obstacles can be a challenge, when you're walking after sight loss. Number four on our list, and I just kind of mentioned it, but whenever you are walking after sight loss, many times it can slow your pace. Your pace can just be brought down a bit. I know for me, I end up walking a couple of paces behind my wife because that way if she runs into something, I won't, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. You know, if she steps off the curb, then I'll have enough time to kind of react and that sort of thing. But my pace slows a bit because I feel like, well, it's better to walk into something going two miles an hour than going 50 miles an hour. You know, it's that kind of mindset. So my pace will slow. If I have to find a trash can with my white cane, I'm not crashing into it, you know, that sort of thing. So I'll just slow my pace. I don't consciously slow my pace. I'm not like, I better walk really slow. It just happens. It's almost And I get that lean back a bit. If you Ever been walking along, and you your whole upper body starts to lean back because you're worried. Am I going to hit something? You know. Uh, now, if you're walking in a familiar area, then maybe it won't be such a big deal. However, if something changes in that area and you're not familiar with it and you crash into it, that is going to cause this sensation in your brain to be like, whoa, halt, slow down. You don't know what's coming and it can create a whole big thing. So your pace just starts to slow. This is one of the things that people that use guide dogs say pretty consistently is that they're able to walk a lot faster with the guide dog because now the guide dog can move them around obstacles. It will stop for them, you know, things like that. That doesn't mean we all have to get guide dogs, but I'm just saying that's one of the things that I've heard guide dog users say. And so, with a slow pace, it doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that you'll find yourself walking slower than your friends and not even realizing it. So, your friends might say, What are you you doing? Come on, we got to go. It's like, Whoa, you're walking like 90 miles an hour. And they're like, This is how we've always walked. And all of a sudden, you're like, I'm walking slower and I didn't even realize it. So, just be aware again that your pace can slow whenever you're walking after sight loss. And finally, this is kind of the culmination of a lot of these things, but I have found that when you go out walking, whether it's for exercise or whether it's, you know, walking into a mall or whatever, then you will find a lot more exhaustion after the fact. You know, walking becomes a whole new thing. It becomes... Well, it becomes a thing where a lot of of people, it's just not, you know, walking is not a big deal. But for us trying to keep our balance, trying to remain at a straight line, trying to avoid all those obstacles, trying to uh, walk at a decent pace to keep up with everybody, trying to see where I'm going. Is the car on my left? Am I right? Is the grass line here? Am I going to hit that trash can? You know, uh, am I up at a straight line? That sort of thing. All those things we're constantly thinking about. Our brain is so taxed, I think many times, you know, and our eyes. If you have remaining vision, uh, they get taxed. And so exhaustion can creep in. Um, a lot of times I will find with my friends, sometimes I don't use my cane. I'm using it more and more now, but, you know, I wouldn't use my cane and then I would use it and they would almost be like, what's the deal? Why are you, you know, and I just tell them, look, here's the thing. Whenever I am walking, especially by myself with no cane, I am summoning all the powers of sight that I have left. I am bringing them all together so that I can make it from this car into this restaurant, into the booth and sit down because I have to you know, get out of the car, then I have to maneuver the parking lot, even if it's not that big, I have to maneuver the parking lot, then I have to find a curb, I have to stay with my family, I have to make sure I'm walking into uh, you know, the restaurant at the right angle, make sure I find the door, uh, don't run into the door, that sort of thing, make sure I'm maneuvering around the booths and tables the right way. It's a whole big thing, Now that walking has become such a challenge after sight loss. Now, again, once you kind of do it and you get it, it becomes a little more second nature. But it's constant thought instead of just walking out of the car into the restaurant sitting at the booth. So there can be some exhaustion, some tiredness, some I don't know, just just a sense of like, oh, wow, that was a lot of work where everybody else isn't thinking about it. Now, again, I don't wanna make it sound like walking into a restaurant is gonna be this super big challenge and you're gonna be wiped out and not even be able to eat. That's not what I'm saying. But the point is, after sight loss, going for a walk will be more tiring, I think, in my own personal perspective, than a normal walk would have been for a sighted person. Just something to remember and think about as you're going out and about. If you experience exhaustion after that, well, that's probably one of the reasons. So there are five ways that the simple act of walking can be affected by by sight loss. Now, again, I always want to make sure we know that I'm not saying that you shouldn't go walking. I'm saying that it can be affected. Now, some of you might be out there and you say, oh, I've been blind for a while. I love walking. I don't have problems like this. And that may be true because you have learned to kind of master the area that you're in. You've learned to master your ability to walk and you figured out your little quirks and tweaks and how you do it. But especially if you're somebody who recently lost their sight, you might not have enough time to figure all this out yet. You just, again, time is one of those things we can't magically make more of and can't experience it without experience. So you get out and go and it's like, oh yeah, this is a a bit of a challenge. So I just encourage you to take one day at a time, you know, keep on going out there, keep on walking. Just remember that it might be a little bit tiring after you're done, but the more you do it, the easier it will get. But Because walking is one of those things that gets affected, I thought we should talk about it. So if you guys have any questions or recommendations, of course, always let me know. And I'll give you more information on how to do that at the end of the podcast. So hopefully you enjoyed this. And if you go out for a walk, man, go out and enjoy yourself. So I got just a little bit of a tip in relationship to our topic today You know, a lot of times when people lose their sight, this idea of using a white cane or wearing dark sunglasses automatically comes up because that's the stereotypical view of a blind person, right? White cane, dark sunglasses. Maybe guide dog on the side, but mostly white cane and dark sunglasses. However, the idea of using a white cane is, it can be difficult for people. But if you're going out and you're walking a lot and maybe you're just, you're going around your neighborhood, you're going from place to place, using something like a mobility tool a white cane something like that can be so, so beneficial for a few reasons. One, it will let people around you know that, hey, this person's visually impaired. Now, some people don't like that because they think, well, what if they find out and they try to take advantage of me and all that sort of thing? But I think for the most part, it's going to be helpful that way. People will, you know, not run into you and cuss you out because you know they ran into you or you ran into them. And secondly, it's going to give you the ability to find some of those straight lines. Maybe you walk along along the grass line, along a building, along I don't know an aisle in the uh, grocery store, or something like that. And all of a sudden, you're able to find kind of that straight line to keep you on track the white cane is just a great idea to use it's a great tool to use and can really benefit you when you're going out walking around you know there are other mobility tools like guide dogs and so forth but if you have the opportunity to get a white cane then that'll really be helpful Along with the white cane is what we spoke about earlier, it's orientation and mobility. Now, orientation and mobility is just that idea of finding orientation where you are in space, north, south, east, west, left and right, things like that, plus mobility, the ability to just walk around, be confident, keep your head up, that sort of thing. So, in your area, there is probably a location that trains and teaches O&M, as we call it. So, I would encourage, some people call it white cane training, but it's really O&M and you know, it's beyond just the white cane, things like how to cross the street and so forth. So I would encourage you if you have let's say an association for the blind, a NFB chapter, ACB chapter, things like that, find out where you can do orientation and mobility training in your area. And I think it will really benefit you if you're interested in getting out there and going walking. Because all of the things we spoke about can be challenges. However, good O and M and a white cane and a mobility tool can really help you overcome many of those challenges and get you on the road to walking to going to doing the things that you want to do. All right, guys. Well, that brings us around to the last lap of the podcast. And again, I want to thank you for listening. This is episode number 75. I'm so excited that we made it this far. We've had some bumps and hiccups along the way, but we're here and it's exciting. So, uh, if you again are new or you haven't gotten the chance yet, I would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. That'll make sure you won't miss another single episode whenever it happens to come out. And you can subscribe to the podcast. Just go to the show notes, lifeaftersightloss.com slash 075. There will be be buttons right under the player for Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. You can subscribe on your Android phone. Hop on over to those show notes and check that out because subscribing, make sure you stay connected. And speaking of staying connected, I want to hear from all of you guys. Maybe you have a story about walking around white canes, uh, O&M, whatever it is. Maybe you've got a question about something we talked about today. Or maybe it's something completely different and you just want to say hello. I love hearing from each and every one of you. You can email me, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. I love hearing those emails and responding. It's such a great time. You can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, You can get all of those information you know, all of those uh, links in the in the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 075. You can also leave me a voicemail and the number to do that is 317-721-1027. You can leave that voicemail. I'll be happy to listen to that and maybe feature it on the podcast. If you've got a question, something like that, you can call it in and leave it. Again, that is a voicemail only line. I don't respond to phone calls and things like that on that line, but I want to hear from you. Use one of those ways and let me know what's going on in your world. And as always, remember that all the information found in today's episode is intended for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of professional, medical, or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name's Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com, and I'll see you in the next one.